You're listening to the First Baptist Church of Marble Falls, Texas sermon podcast. For almost 130 years, FBCMF has served the Marble Falls and the Greater Highland Lakes area faithfully through children's programs, youth activities, and adult discipleship. We invite you to join us each and every Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. for deep fellowship, rich worship, and a spirit-filled message. Never miss an archived sermon by subscribing to our podcast on either SoundCloud or iTunes. For more information about our church or to watch a video version of this and other sermons, please visit us online at fbcmf.org. Well, everyone, welcome to our first Sunday for the Missions Month of November. This is a big, big month for us, and and the things that we're concentrating on that, that are moving our church forward that's going to impact all of the Highland Lakes area, which we're about to talk about in a few minutes, um, this month celebrates it. We organize around it. We strategically place ourselves in a place where we can accomplish great things, and, uh, and, and, and we talk about what we give to make sure that it can all move forward financially. All of that is a part of this November Missions Month. And, and I'm excited about it because our, our church is involved in, in mission work in a very deep and rich way. We're involved globally. Uh, we send mission teams throughout the year all over the world. Every, almost every continent we, we go and we touch and we have something going on there. We have members of our own church family and their children living permanently in Honduras, trying to make a difference in that place. And, and so... Our, our DNA, our, our church spirit and who we are really does reach out and touch people all over the world, but it's not only all over the world. Right here in our Highland Lakes area, we are sincerely trying to make a difference in every ministry that we have and in everything that we do. Um, I'm excited because God, uh, about two years ago, brought to us a brand new minister uh, to be in charge of all of this. Uh, the global impact of our church, the local impact, the new mission center that we're going to be building next year, all of this falls on, on uh, a special minister in our church to help make sure that it all moves forward well and that we organize around it. And, and I want to talk to him this morning. And if any of you don't know him, I, I want y'all to be able to meet him as well. And so we have a great missions minister, and I want y'all to help welcome to the stage Norman Flowers at this time. Norman. Come on, bud. What a thank you, Pastor Ross. What a huge job you you have, man. Uh, working in mission job. work, all over, leading them. You're hardly ever here, so it's Wait nice to to see you again. <laughs> you give me a hug at least once a week. <laughs> Norman um, really does take lead our church to do mission work everywhere. During the floods, he was in, uh, an imperative part of not just our church's response but the whole um, uh, county of Burnett. And, and, and so it's really exciting to be able to talk to him about some of these things. Norman, let me ask you this as, as we begin. All of the mission stuff that we have going on in our church, uh, global missions and local missions, all of it, we're, we're trying to raise money for it right now. And, and so all of November, we're going to be giving to an offering, the, the, the global missions offering that, that impacts so many things. When, when we give to it, what are some of the, the important things that it goes to? Well, there's, some, there's a lot of great things that are going on. You contribute through our budget 
uh, great opportunities from our benevolence to our creative hearts to our back-to-school blast, all the different things. It's a lot of the global, I mean, excuse me, a lot of the community missions comes out of our budget. But our, our mission offering we take in November goes to, this year, five different areas that will impact not only the world, but here at home. Um, it's $100,000. That's a, our goal. That's our goal is $100,000, which is a great goal as we impact our community. One thing is uh, we're, we're working with our Honduras missionaries. Part of our missionary offering, or our mission offering every year goes to... Goes to them. So when y'all give to the Global Missions offering, it keeps the Pettis family and the Slyker family on the field. Mm-hmm. And, and provides for them in the ministry that they're doing. It okay. works with our church plants. We are okay. working with three church plants, one in D.C., one in Denver, and one in uh, San Antonio mm-hmm. that we're involved in on mission trips and, and helping out there. Other ones help defray some of the cost of the mission opportunities we're going. If you look behind us, there are, 11, there are nine different flags that represent areas where we're sending missionaries. And so we do mission partnerships there. We also send missionaries there from our church. Last year, almost 100 went, and so this helps defray some of those costs because when you're going to Bulgaria and it's $2,200, we're going, okay, that's a lot of money to raise, but this is going to help defray some of those costs, so we're looking at only raising $1,400 per person. So you would be able to go, if we do a good job with the missions offering, it helps send all of you to these places for a reduced cost, and the reason... Uh, is because we sincerely want yes. every one of you here to, to uh, once every few years to find a place that resonates in your heart, and we want you to go on that mission trip and be involved in it. Here's what we've seen. When our members go and participate in mission work all over the world and they come back, they are more on fire for the Lord. They are more grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have a better perspective of their current life and, and what the Holy Spirit is doing, it gives them wonderful opportunity to grow in their relationship with the Lord. And in a case in point, we have a great ministry right now called um, ESL. The lady who, who began that, Sherry Taylor, uh, started it because she simply got on fire for the Lord after coming back from a Thailand mission trip. And she, she, when she was there, she felt like God was calling her to do this and to be involved and it just made a huge difference in her life. And she came back and brought all of this passion and, and zeal back to here, our church. And I think that's what mission work will do for any one of you here um, and any person. It, it's hard not to draw close to the Lord, for instance, if you go and you worship with a tribe in Kenya. I mean, you, you worship for five hours jumping up and down and your life's going to be changed at some, Amen. you know, when you do things like that. And when you experience the revival that's happening in other parts of the country and see how people are coming to know the Lord and how their lives, though they may be impoverished lives, are still glorifying God, it, it, it radically changes how we think about things. And, and if all of us experience the revival in those places, then we bring back a revival mentality here to our church. And so that's why we want all of us to go and participate in these things. What a great a great way to give. It is. Another part of that offering goes to our Lottie Boone, Annie Armstrong, and Mary Hill Davis mm. offering. They're, they're offerings that we, throughout our budget, we send every month, but this is going above and beyond 
what, what we're doing now and reaching out to our missionaries around the world with Southern Baptist to uh, yeah. North American Mission Board with Annie Armstrong, which I don't know if you remember, but you've paid my salary for about seven years yeah. through the North American Mission Board. Uh, Norman was a uh, missionary in Oklahoma, and he was a part of the North American Mission Board. And so when our church gave to this, we helped pay his, his salary for that. That's what he means. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then also Mary Hill Davis that helps ministries around Texas Baptist. Yeah. It's really amazing. The last one is, uh, is exciting to me because it not only impacts the world, but it impacts globally in, in our church. It's called uh, our RIP medical debt. Yeah. There, there's $1.8 million of medical debt here in Burnett County and the surrounding counties. And one of the things that we're partnering with an agency called RIP Medical Debt is they partner with church, uh, school, excuse me, they partner with churches to get rid of the medical debt from uh, Baylor, Scott, and White and others in our community, Seton. Mm -hmm. And they come in and say, hey, here's this medical debt. We'll give you this amount of money if you'll wipe this medical debt away. Yeah, and some of you might have some of this medical debt. Definitely people in our community have this. And, and so... Uh, we're going to, our church is going to try to wipe out $1.8 million worth of medical debt in our community so, um, through this. It's, it's really interesting. It's, I don't know if you've dealt with insurance before, uh, but, but it's extraordinary. Sometimes it's overwhelming, uh, but they can come along with $20,000 of this offering, $20,000, they can wipe away $2 million of medical debt. That's unreal. And so of the money that we raised, 20000 of it are go is going to go to do this. And the cool thing is, Norman came up with this idea next year when we move toward Revive 2020, the big revival in our community. We're going to um, um, move forward to pay off this medical debt around Easter. And, and what we're going to share with the community is Jesus Christ paid our debt spiritually. And because of that, we are motivated to help pay all kinds of debts for people in their lives. And we're going to tie in paying people's medical debt with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I think it's going to be effective. Thank you for coming up with that idea for us. We're, we're excited. There's, uh, you can be involved not only next week when you, when you come. We'll have two great worship services. But during the time we have small groups, we'll have booths at, set outside in the Koinonia room in the Great mm -hmm. Hall. Uh, upstairs, we'll have opportunity to, you can find out how to just write your testimony, how you can raise money for support on missions. You can also write encouragement notes to our missionaries around the world. And so you'll have opportunities there. But the real neat part is you can sign up right now to be a part of Feeding Children Everywhere. Uh, we're going to package 20,000 meals uh, to send to, to Africa and also those who are impacted by, by the hurricane. It's going to be a real neat opportunity next week. Next week. So please come next week. Don't miss a Sunday through um, Missions Month. And uh, we, we're bringing the Slikers and the Pettises in. We're going to talk to them um, here on the stage. And uh, we're going to talk about church planting. And, and so lots of exciting things in November. Yes, it's really good. Now, our missions endeavor also made a huge difference last year in, in our community in the floods that we had. And then also we're moving forward to create this new mission center. Um, and Norman, do you have a video that we're going to end yes, on? Yes, one of the things that we want to show you is a little bit about our mission center, our community mission center that we're looking at building next year, but also how you made an impact in our community last year, but how we can make an impact on your community today. All right. Hey, thank Norman, you thank you so much. Y'all, what, what a great thing this is. Thank you so much, buddy.
Hi, my name is Ross Chandler, and I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Marble Falls. And this message is for anyone in our area who um, have lost their homes to flooding tonight or can't get back to your homes because of flooding, because the roads might be closed around your home. I'm at the banks of the Colorado and the Llano River, right where they meet at Lake LBJ, where there is flooding that is the worst that people have seen in their lifetime. We're seeing this river here, the Colorado River, moving very fast and still very high. The governor here in Texas declaring a state of emergency in 18 counties. Um, we are letting people come and stay here in our church. And How fast did the water come up? I would say it probably came up five or six feet in a matter of 15 minutes. Central Texas has so much flood water with no place to go. All right, we're praying for you, Highland Lakes area, and um, and, 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 and you have all of our, uh, our deepest sympathies if you've lost a whole lot today. Thank you. Well, um, Charles, I think we, we both were awakened by a phone call uh, from our neighbor who that the water was coming up and so we got up scrambled around gathered up some things never dreaming that the flood would be as extensive as it, as it was I think that uh, at first there was shock I remember the first time I walked in here the day the water receded and saw all this stuff just you know all moved all around and I didn't feel anything I just turned around and went back and got in the car and then after, you know, a few days you thought, now what are we going to do next? And then you start proceeding and, uh, It was uh, a sick feeling at first, but eventually when we began to see what help was out there, when we began to find the folks who, uh, who offered, uh, advice and who offered help and always seemed to appear at just a God-sent time, we realized that we were going to get through this, but it was just going to take time and uh, energy and, um, and the love of, and grace of God to do it. In October 2018, the flood took place around Marble Falls, and uh, that morning uh, we had an opportunity to reach out to our, our community. Uh, we saw our families, we saw our neighbors, we saw people around that were in need. Uh, so that morning, we uh, opened up our doors. Uh, people called from around the area, from our church, and said, hey, what can we do? And so we began to come in. We, we helped mud out for the next few weeks. We helped clean up homes. We also began to mentor. And even, even now, we are rebuilding. Uh, we're helping families that are in need and uh, making a difference in our community. The first person on this property was Bill Burden, a member of our church, who came with his Samaritan's Purse t-shirt on and a crew, and he said, I'm here to help you and we're not going to leave you till it's done. And uh, we had prayer out on the driveway, standing in the mud. The rain was falling down and, and he, didn't, he didn't waver. He came and helped us every day. We stepped up because we had such a great need around us. God has called us to make a difference in the world around us, be the hands and feet, and we can share Christ in great race when we make a difference in people's lives. Just like we did with the flood, we are reaching out to our community. The Mission Center is one more way that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community.
We're excited about the Mission Center. It's a great place on Avenue R that will impact our community. Uh, we'll have our Marble Falls soup kitchen there. We'll also have our Marble Falls food pantry. Have a new counseling center. Have a church that will reach out to the area. And, but it also have space for new places and new opportunities and new ministries that will impact our community. God has called us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And you can be involved as we plan for this mission center that is making a difference in our community. Uh, you can be involved by giving to our mission offering and making a difference there. But you can also be involved by prayer and praying for all God's people to be involved in the mission center and in the mission of our church. I love, love Missions Month. Over all these years that we have come into this place in November and, and done this and talked about it, it sets the tone and the vision and the movement of our church. We most all of the things that we have achieved and worked on have come out of, of this moment because through the past few years, as we have sung songs about missions and talked about love and outreach and care for people, from the grassroots of, of all of our members, you have all come and you have said, I have an idea. God has given me this this crazy idea. You've shared these imaginative, creative ways to reach out, and, and it has shaped our church. We're different because of what happens in your heart as you hear these sermons, and as you sing, and as you think about this idea that your life is not your own, that your life belongs to God, and he wants to use it in ways that makes a difference in other people's lives. And as you think and pray through that that amazing and very odd idea, things change here. Our church looks at this month as being crucial to our existence and who we are. Missions work drives us. It is so grounded in the biblical text and so um, intrinsic to Christian and church history that it would almost be impossible to overstate its significance to us. Mission work is discipleship. It's making disciples. You can't separate evangelism and missions or, or discipleship and missions. They're, they're all caught up together. Um, mission work, when you participate in it, is worship too. The Bible says that you worship as a lifestyle. It's not just singing everything. And, and so if you want to worship God, engaging missionally with your life is a part of worship. M missions is for children. Missions is for youth. Missions is for adults. It's, it's, it's geared for men and women, um, young and old, everybody to come together with this idea that, that God has called us to be more together than we are separately and we can do well in it. Mission work is when we bind ourselves together in Jesus to carry out the mandate of God to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people in our world and what the Lord has done in our life. And together we are on mission. And, and I want you to know, while the Lord has done great, great things for us in the past, you ain't seen nothing yet. Y'all, 
with how our community is changing and because of who you are and the energy that you give to me by following Christ as wholeheartedly as all of you do, the Lord and the Holy Spirit are moving in a way that in the future we're going to see God unleash something that's just amazing. You are at a point in the life of our community and a life in our church and we are poised on a place to make a massive difference in our schools and our world and our neighbors and everywhere. This is an important moment for us. We're calling it Go 2020 because we're talking about what God's leading us to do next year. And, and it's a call to be involved globally, but, but very, very much so locally. And all of the relationships and what you do in your normal everyday life. And this morning, that's what I want to concentrate on, is our Highland Lakes community. Did y'all know that Marble Falls had a flag? I didn't know that. Apparently, there are only four Marble Falls flags in the whole world the whole world, and there's one of them right there. The city of Marble Falls, we have a flag. I didn't know that. I, I wonder if all of the other communities around have a flag. I bet they don't, but Marble Falls does. And so Norman found this, and, and I said, dude, I'm preaching on community impact and, and local missions. And he said, well, why don't we just put the flag right on the stage with you then, and, and I said, man, that's great. And so, the, if any of you ever want to use the Marble Falls flag, there's four of them, and, and we have one of them. Pretty neat. When we think about our Highland Lakes area, not just Marble Falls, but the whole, whole surrounding area, the demographics are changing. The community is growing very, very quickly. We are growing more diverse. We are reaching out. Um, subdivisions are being developed. The community is certainly changing in a lot of ways, and I don't have time to go into all of the demographics, but I know this, that a faithful church will recognize their changing culture and they will act accordingly. And they will respond accordingly. They will do everything they can within that changing context to try to be a light and to be Christ for their environment. Now, y'all... We believe that God created our church for that purpose. And when I say our church, I mean the people sitting right next to you and in front of you and behind you. You, God has brought you together as friends, as, as co-laborers, as a family of faith together. You are the church and he has brought you together as a very unique community of faith to come in here every Sunday and worship God and be inspired as to how strategically to impact your community for the Lord. And you do that better together than you would ever do individually. We do great things when we come together. We love our community more deeply. We are more strategic and we influence people toward Jesus Christ more effectively than we ever could by ourselves. And the reason that we're trying to be outward looking is that Matthew 28 gives us what we call the Great Commission. The Great Commission, and all of you have heard of it. You, you, you've heard many, many sermons on this. And so I'll quote it for you. It says, go, and it's speaking to all Christians, go and make 
disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I've taught you, and I love the last part, and surely I'm gonna be with you as you do this unto the very end of the age. God isn't going to leave us to do this to our own devices. He's leading the way and empowering us, helping us to do it. That's the Great Commission. Now, when it says go, here's what it does not mean. It doesn't mean you are all called to be missionaries and that you all need to leave here and go to Zimbabwe. Here's what it means. that The word go is a unique um, Greek form and, and, and word that simply means since you are already going, Make disciples about wherever it is that you go. It's this. Wherever you go tomorrow, your schools, your businesses, your work, where, where, wherever it is, make disciples of the people that you are around. Intentionally influence people toward Jesus Christ rather than influencing them away from Jesus Christ. Make disciples wherever it is. You, you don't have to go somewhere else. You recognize where you're currently standing and the people who are currently around you and you think in your mind, what do they need? What are the needs of the people that I might influence them in a way of the gospel? And, and that's the great commission. You are called to do that all of the time, wherever you are. Now, Luke Matthew wrote that. He, he, he said, here's what Jesus said, and that's his account of it. But then in the book of Acts, Luke takes the exact same Great Commission moment and he expands on it and he has a different version of it. And, and Luke starts to talk about this, this moment when Jesus gives this commission to the people, but he does it because Jesus was asked a very, very important question. And, and I think that I might have it on the screen for you. It says this, when they all met together, and this is after Jesus had risen from the grave, and he is about to ascend back into heaven, and this is Luke's version, or Acts, the version in Acts of the Matthew 28 Great Commission. Here, this is what Luke says. They all met together, and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel, or the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven? All of those terms are kind of interchangeable. They're saying, God, right now, are you going to bring the kingdom of, or Jesus, right now, are you going to bring the kingdom of God? We know, Jesus, that you're at the center of the kingdom. We know that you are the king. So right now, as the king of the whole kingdom, are you about to make it all, you know, turn out the lights, the party's over, right now, are you going to do that? The question was about the kingdom of God, and Jesus said to them, well, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority, meaning it's going to happen, but, but we're not talking about the timing of it. But here is what we will talk about. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Here's the great commission moment. You're going to be my witnesses. I'm going to send you out to make disciples in your hometown of Jerusalem, and in the surrounding areas of Judea, and in the greater areas of Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They wanted to know if the kingdom of God was coming then. Jesus does not sidestep that issue. He addresses it, and he says, no, 
um, the kingdom of God is not coming in its fullness right now, but if you want to talk about the kingdom of God, here's the great commission. You get to enact the kingdom of God right now. You get to help prepare and to bring it. You get to participate in the coming of the kingdom of God. God's going to bring it in its fullness, but you get to start living it out right now in your life. He's, they're saying, tell us about the kingdom of God. And he says, go and be my witnesses. This is how you are participating in the kingdom. In your hometown, be my witness. In, he's saying, bring the kingdom of heaven to your town. Bring it to your area. And if they say, well, what is the kingdom of God like then? If I'm going to bring it to my area, tell me about it. And all through Jesus' ministry, over and over again, he would say, the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of God is like this, so that they would know in their mind when the Great Commission sends them out to start enacting this and to participating in it, they know what they are bringing. When they would pray the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. They would start imagining what heaven would be like, and that's what they would bring to their town. Go and make disciples of all nations, but start right here where you are. As you are going, create heaven in anything that you imagine heaven to be like. You enact it, live it out in your relationships, and you spread the gospel in that kind of way. Start where you are. Now, what we're going to look at as Jesus began to say, that the gospel of missions, of going out, has this kingdom of God idea to it. I want you to take that idea and we're going to lay over it a passage of scripture that I think was read earlier in the service in Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God over and over and then he says this very unique thing. He said, therefore every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of God, just like all of you are being instructed by the kingdom of God right now, and as we've been taught about the gospel of Jesus, you've been instructed about it, that person, as they are missional, and as they spread the gospel to people, as they do, it is like an owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old when we are missional, it is not old and stale, but it is new and relevant. Um, when we bring missions, it's not um, all focused on what is the current hip thing. It is also settled deeply in the 2,000-year-old tradition of who we are as Christians. It is both old and new at the same time. It is a neat idea that missions, that when we do this, we can be creative and forward-thinking, and we can imagine how are we going to, to be missional in our community, and at the same time, what we give is the old message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's new and old. I, when I was a youth minister um, in deep South Texas, a little church called First Baptist Church Christine Christine, it's, it's just south of Jordan and north of Tilden, to give y'all a, a geographical idea of where it is. Um, a very impoverished kind of area. And I, I took them one year, one summer, to um, Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. 
Many of them had never, ever been. Um, and, and they were so excited to go. Man, if you, if you want to grow a youth ministry in, in Christine, Texas, you take them to Six Flags. They, they all invited all of their friends to come. We, we took a big group, and it was just really a lot of fun. And one of the kids had gone before. The Wednesday, we were going on a Friday night. The Wednesday night before we left, um, I said, this is going to be fun. Invite all of your friends to, to come, and we'll talk about it all and, and do all the planning. And so they all showed up. One of the, one of the kids had been before. And, and he started telling everybody about, about Six Flags. Now, I want you to imagine, if y'all have been to all these theme parks all your life, and, it's, and, and you're like, yes, 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 I want you to picture that you had never been to them before. And, and there is one guy who is sitting in there, and he's the evangelist for Six Flags. He's spreading the gospel of it. And, and this is what he says. He says, y'all, it is so much fun. And he says, you know what? Six Flags has been here, but they have new rides all the time. And he goes, they have a brand new ride called the Batman. And he starts telling them about the Batman. He says, it's, it's new. It, it, there isn't another roller coaster like this anywhere in the world. It is so unique. And he's telling them about what it does to you. And he says, it will change your life. The Batman is so much fun. It's just awesome. And they're like, yes. And he said, but here's the cool thing. After you've ridden the Batman several times, the best roller coaster that I've ever ridden has been there a long time. It's the old tried and true, the Rattler. And he says, oh, my goodness. He says, it'll shake your bones, buddy. And, and uh, he says, you, you, you go. He says, it doesn't matter if you ride the new ones or the old ones. It doesn't matter. They're all good. It's like heaven on earth. It's awesome. The, these, the idea of that something can have a new treasure, surprising. I didn't know that was there. I had no idea. This is new. It impacts my life right, right now where I'm standing. It's new, but also old. Missions is imaginative and creative, but there is also a richness to it that never, ever wears out, and both of them speak. The, the, the newness of it is exciting. I'll share the, this with you. Missions ought never to be dry and stale like an old piece of toast. We're trying to, to connect people to Jesus Christ in relevant ways, whatever they need and whoever they are, often um, out of society, there are going to arise new issues, and we're not prepared for them, but everybody is touched by them, and we have to deal with it. You may not want to deal with new issues that come up. I may not want to deal with it, but if all of our community and society, they are dealing with something, then the church cannot stick its head in the sand. We have to speak relevant and allow the Bible to speak in ways that are exciting and new to people that addresses the current issues that they're struggling with or confused about. We can't ignore these things. You know, many people never ever expected, nor did I, that, that of the huge social media and digital age would break into our world. I, I, never, I never imagined that somehow computers and television sets would emerge into one. 
and that you could carry it in your hand and connect with everybody in the world as you watched that show and did research. It, it blows me away. It is so helpful to humanity, and at the same time, there is a real darkness to it, isn't there? Well, the church has a responsibility to, to figure out and see any darknesses and, and bring light to it, to light into that issue and to be relevant. As remarkable as that is, um, the darkness means the church has to find new, new ways to bring the gospel to bear on all of it. The gospel has something to say about every single emerging issue in our world. The gospel does speak to politics and the emerging issues that all of you see on the news all the time, all the time. The gospel has something to say about it. That's new treasures. It has something to say about sports and education, environmental issues, yes. I'm convinced of this, that, that whatever we face tomorrow, the gospel is sufficient. And I believe that the gospel deserves a voice at the table as people deal with all of these issues. And missions is the vehicle that gives the gospel its voice. When we are missional in our community and, and going out there, we are, we are giving the gospel its voice so that all of these current events and things happening, people will be able to think about it in light of what you just said or how you just acted. There is a newness to it all the time. It is community impacting for today. And, and so we, we're going to try and do this. Next year, we are building a mission center. And I'm, I think that it's forward thinking. It is ahead of the curve of what's happening in our, in our, um, in our community. We're going to put in it a, a wonderful uh, soup kitchen, but then also a food pantry, which we've had for a long time. And, and y'all need to understand, the food pantry right now is doing great, great work but it is on borrowed time. It's in a facility that we are renting, and at any moment, the people who own it could, could say, we've sold this, and we need it back. And y'all are gonna have to get off of the property and go somewhere else. We are on borrowed time, and it is so small that when somebody comes in to be fed or to be given um, some food, there, there is no place to really visit with them. They, 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 it's not very attractive. It doesn't give any dignity to the people who are being fed. We can't stay like we are in that. We, we fed 9,000 people out of it last year. We need to give a better effort and to do something with this food pantry. The, the, the mission center is going to do that. The mission center is going to have uh, the, um, an amazing counseling center with real licensed professional counselors, Christian counselors who are modeling our new Christ our counseling center after the Hyde Park Christian Counseling Center. Y'all, isn't it going to be helpful when you meet a friend and they're going through a depression or they're going through a difficult issue when you can tell them, hey, our church has a counseling center. I want you to come to it. Here's the card and they'll talk to you. It is us. That, that, that's doing it. What an effective thing. I'm pumped about it because I'm going to be the first client that they have. <laughs> Marble Falls Mission Center, but not just that. Let me share with you this. In, in 2020, 
um, talking about new, new treasures coming out. We're going to have a, an event called Revive 2020 that's going to last five days from June 7th all the way through June 11th. And we have found some of the best preachers in the whole state of Texas. And they're going to preach every night during this time. Dr. Delvin Atchison from the Metroplex, a man named J.P. Pacluda from the Waco area, Ed Newton from CBC in San Antonio, Dr. Dennis Wiles from First Baptist Church Arlington, a very missional, forward-thinking church, Dr. Bruce Webb are all going to be here. The music is going to be led by the Texas A&M Breakaway um, Bible study that they have and they have had for a long, I always have to give this holy pause when I mention their name or else they'll interrupt me um, and giving their whoops. The, the, the Breakaway's praise team are going to be here with special musical guest Robbie C., it really is going to be an exciting time. We have other special guests who are going to be here. There are, there's a professor coming in from Baylor who's going to do a Bible study on Luke and their activities in the, in the community that we're going to be working on. The greatest thing, though, is not that week in and of itself, but it's that our whole church is going to come together from February all the way through April, and we're going to be trained on evangelism in Sunday morning and in Sunday schools and in small groups. Um, during my uh, uh, time um, working on a doctorate, I developed a very unique method for evangelism called Excited to Share. And, I'm, and I've turned it into a curriculum and I'm working on a book based on it because it really is a unique idea. It teaches people how to do evangelism but in a way that, that, that you really haven't experienced before. It's going to help us to be able to be Christ-like and share the gospel with people in a way that, that's compelling, in a way that, that, that people might really respond to, and that's ethical when we do it. We're going to teach this from the fifth grade all the way through the very end. In the seniors in the church, everybody will learn it, and this is what I believe. We're going to be so immersed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and know so much about how to work and do evangelism that by golly, it didn't matter if we did a revival or not. Y'all will lead people to Christ. You're going to do it yourselves in your own lives and I'm going to do it because this is the new treasures that the Lord is bringing. But we're going to culminate all of that with Revive 2020. Now, as we talk about this new treasures, and I'm excited about it. I want y'all to keep this in mind, that the old is very important. We cannot, we cannot make a real impact on our community if we do not tell the real gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that the treasure of the kingdom was this old treasure that's grounded in who he is. And so as you go in missions and in outreach, we are not telling a different gospel. We're not going to become sidetracked with all of these other things. Paul told the Galatians, if you ever start to hear or preach another gospel other than the one that I told you about, you are preaching a false gospel. The gospel doesn't change. It is old and it's wonderful. It's time-tested and approved, and it still makes a difference today. In the, here is how relevant. In the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess of Jesus Christ. That's the name that we're calling on. And so we're not going to get sidetracked. 
sometimes when a church starts talking about the new treasures, about being very relevant, and about doing things in a creative, imaginative way, or dealing and speaking to all of the emerging issues coming out of society, everybody starts thinking, oh no. I, I, I know what's about to happen here. Our church is going to, to deal with all of these social issues and we're gonna forget about the gospel. We're gonna get so sidetracked with all of these other things and y'all, that's not going to happen here. Sometimes when we talk about this, I need to make sure that everyone understands, yes, there are a lot of issues in our world, and we're, we are going to address them, and that we're not scared to address them. We're going to apply what the Bible says about racism, about sexism, about women's rights, and about the LGBTQ issues and poverty, yes, and injustice and politics and immigration and power and relationships and pornography, how to raise our children, how we spend our money and greed and, and things that even occur in the very secret places of our own minds and hearts. Yes, the gospel of Jesus is, brings out new treasures and has something relevant to say about all of these current issues and events. And over time, we'll speak about all of it. But, but, we don't ever, ever need to be so focused on any one of those issues that that issue takes over the gospel message. Never. There is one God. Jesus Christ, it's his name that we are proclaiming first and foremost. The gospel has new things to say, and they're relevant. But, and we're going to speak in today's terms, but it doesn't become all about one issue. When it does, the gospel is lost. You can trade the gospel for something that you think is just really exciting and good, but you'll lose the gospel if you do if one thing becomes everything. Have any of you ever heard the story of that king who wanted to build, um, needed to build a wall around his castle? He, here's the story. He, he had a beautiful castle, but it was subject um, um, for, for people to come in and take the castle, and so he needed a wall to protect it. And so he had some of the best builders and masons go out and start, start to try to build the wall around the castle. And, and they kept building and kept building. It was coming up well. And then finally, they began to run out of stone. And they go to the king, and, and the, the king was about to leave for a long time. And they said, before you go, will you give us permission to use some of the rocks and the stone in the castle in order to build the wall? And the king said, sure, that sounds fine. And so they continued to build, and, and, and years went by, and the wall went higher and higher, and it became the best wall that you have ever seen. And one day the king finally came, comes home and there is no castle left. They tore down the castle in order to build the wall. It doesn't matter how great the wall is if you don't have a castle. And what we're talking about is, is not trading anything, regardless of how good it is, for the old gospel. This is the old treasure that we bring out of the storehouse. 
We are telling the old story, the story shared by Paul and Peter and the early church fathers like Tertullian and Augustine and the reformers like Luther and Calvin and the revivalists like Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield, and later revivalists like Finney and then even later revivalists like Billy Graham. We are telling that story. And I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it, not all these other things, that is the power of salvation for everyone who believes. That is it. And so in our Highland Lakes area, we are going to allow the name of Jesus Christ to speak and move. That is what is the most powerful thing. That's life-changing. And so y'all, let us share that name and celebrate that name above everything else. What do you think? Amen. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church of Marble Falls, Texas sermon podcast. Never miss an archive sermon by subscribing to our podcast on either SoundCloud or iTunes. For more information about our church or to watch a video version of this and other sermons, please visit us online at fbcmf.org.